0: Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free Monday edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And we're not just here on Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash the Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph
1: Report with Ralph Garman.
0: Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report for a Monday. I know,
1: nothing I can do about that.
0: Sorry, but it's December. That's good news, right? Right. The beginning of December. Beginning of the end. Wow. December 3rd. Happy Monday, everybody. I am Ralph Garman, your podcast pal. Sitting across from me here in the Batcave is your vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody going to be a good show today. We've got a lot to do. You will be surprised. uh, We'll probably hit this around the end of the show. How many people came out of the woodwork to support me in my stupidity? When we talked about how I have, uh, in in the past, mistaken a couple different songs for Uh, artists that had nothing to do with that song. And I thought maybe it was unique to me. It was a unique brand of stupidity. But you folks made me feel so much better about myself literally a couple hundred different emails and voicemails Wow, of people saying, you know, I always thought that this song was done by this band, but it turns out it was this guy. See, that's nice. So we'll explore that at the end of the show today. Of course, all the show business news as well, including the weekend's box office. We'll take a look at all the holidays associated with today. Who did I play on Family Guy last night? Who would Ralph play? It's Eddie's favorite theme song. I like it when you do it live for me. We'll be uh, hitting that later <laughs> on today. But before we get to that, this story is just—it's part of the season, and this story bugged me so much. I wanted to get off my chest this morning. We talked a little bit about this last week about the um, "Baby It's Cold Outside"
1: yes, I controversy,
0: yeah, uh, the debacle about people who are judging that song by today's standards and calling it a rape anthem and there's all kinds of talk on the internet of how wildly inappropriate they have no
1: idea of the history or the context of that song. they
0: don't and they don't care it's just completely disregarded and now that same sensibility has run amok i don't know if you've seen the latest controversy that started last week no when cbs uh, did its annual airing of rudolph the red-nosed reindeer right one of the beloved most beloved christmas specials in television history what they do to it I don't know if you saw the story in the Huffington Post, Eddie, but it covered all the Twitter fever that was going on about the airing of that show, about how that show is no longer appropriate for oh, children because God, of what it hell. teaches. First of all, Ugh. it says that Santa is a bigot in that special. He's a bigoted prick because he he disregards Rudolph because of his nose, which is symbolic of racism. Okay. And so they well, he won't have anything to do with him until he needs him, and then... Then all of a sudden, he he wants Rudolph to be around. Oh so Santa God. is depicted as a bigot in that special. What is
1: wrong with people?
0: Uh, Rudolph's father, Donner, yeah. is a bully and a misogynist. Because, first of all, he forces his son to wear a false nose to cover up his nose. Much like a father would force his son to go to one of those pray for gay camps, you know? <laughs> you, know you know what I'm talking oh about? My God. And then when it's time to search for Rudolph, he says to his wife... And to Clarice, the young doe that Rudolph's in love with, right. and vice versa, this is man's work, and he makes them stay in the cave, showing that he is a misogynist and a male chauvinist. Oh my God! Pig deer is what, what he is. <laughs> this is a story of racism and homophobia, <laughs> oh. say many people on Twitter, and that the, the lessons that are taught are uh, inappropriately inappropriate in today's uh, current. Oh, time. They, they need to go to hell. They really do. <sighs> can it be what isn't that the laziest form of criticism to judge something that was created in 1964 and hold it up to, uh, to hold it up to whatever standards we're supposed to have but, in in 2018 in terms of the me too
1: movement and everything else that's this connected In the same turn those are the same people on Twitter bashing that about will will complain about fascism on the other side and they don't realize they're being fascist themselves if you go far enough left you end up being just as far right as the other I mean it's a it, it's a circle it's insane Isn't though the point of that whole story that
0: everyone who who showed those negative traits, who may have been bigoted against Rudolph, they or was or was misogynistic, or was judging Hermie the elf because he yeah. wants to be a dentist, those people were all shown the light. They at the, by the end of the story. They right? grew and changed. They realized the error of their ways.
1: Right? How can that be a bad lesson? No, to learn it's there? showing you how stupid it is at the beginning, and then it they everyone changes their opinion. Although, they grow. Although I have to say there was one tweet, and this one
0: was being uh, lighthearted and <laughs> jokey, but it was absolutely spot on, where they said that Yukon uh, Cornelius was the world's first hipster <laughs> because he had that beard and <laughs> no, he wore that beanie. beanie
1: and the flannel shirts. Well, in his defense, right. it, was it was cold and those were needed. <sniffs> <sniffs> Nothing.
0: Yukon Cornelius.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: um, he's not, in not in, to he's mention a- what they do to the bumble. The abominable snow monster. When they pull out all his, they teeth. Pull his teeth, how cruel! Animal cruelty. How can yeah. no one mention that? Like declawing that?
1: a cat. No one mentioned that. Even worse. Yeah, At least the cat can still eat. But the bumble is no claws. He's gonna eat soup. Where's he going <laughs> to find right. soup? It's going to be frozen. to have to lick his soup.
0: Anyway, I just I saw that story and I was like, wow, there is no sense of perspective no. anymore. No one has any sort of judgment where they can say. Well, it's a it's a fifty year old TV special, and it its heart's still in the right place, and maybe a little dated, but still, it, it's it's got some real value but to it. And like, it's charming as
1: fuck. But like you said earlier, they grew and changed throughout the episode. But it was... not in the right way, Eddie. Not the way <sighs> these people wanted them to do. Oh my god! Don't
0: get me started on the island of misfit toys, <laughs> right? Oh man, that's just the like short, a That's the short there. bus, right? I'm they just put them all in the short bus. Uh, anyway, so. <sighs> I'm just. Can we just all stop for a minute and just use a little perspective? Take a breath, look around, and try to try to identify the real problems from the faux problems. Don't go looking for trouble. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't, as my mother used to say, don't borrow trouble. There's enough real things (laughs) in the world to cope with. You don't need to look at Rudolph the Red-Nosed no. Reindeer
1: for problems. We have, that's
0: not where the problem
1: is coming we from. We have the leader of the free world denying climate change. Maybe maybe that's the real problem.
0: I'm going to build a wall around that island. of misfit toys. Those toys are they're not sending us their best toys, okay? A lot of Charlie in the boxes. A lot of fish that fly and birds that swim. Oh man. All right. <laughs> uh, usually we kick off the show with your uh, beloved voicemails. You guys are kind enough to call in to the Ralph Report hotline 1-833. Hi Ralph. <laughs> but you know there's another way you can reach us as well. You can always write me at Ralph at the RalphReport.com or Eddie for that matter at Eddie at the Ralphreport.com. So once in a while we like to break out the old Garmy letter bag and see what you guys are saying. Don't need no tickets for an aeroplane. Find out what's on my listeners' brains. Time to say hello to the folks at home. The Garmin wrote me some letters. We'll kick off this email segment with Ken Campbell. He was kind enough to write in, and I think he speaks for a lot of us, that he was so impressed by Eddie's knowledge of the history of the stirrup <laughs> and the role it played in modern warfare. I think we were all taken aback a little bit. It was sort of an odd leap. Oh. Ago. It was. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't really see the connection. but Well, you said how the mason jar had stopped had saved people right, because right. it, it revolutionized fruit. revolutionized how you could store food. Right. And then I my then brain jumped connected. right into the
0: cavalry revolution.
1: Which, <laughs> I mean, it was
0: impressive. And so Ken wrote <laughs> in and said, "How the fuck does Eddie know about the impact of the stirrup on world history?" <laughs> but doesn't know that French fucking toast
1: isn't a finger food. <laughs> He's like a less useful rain man, says Ken. Well, in my defense, I do not put syrup on that French toast. It is just butter. So it is practically just toast.
0: You don't put syrup on your French toast? No,
1: I just put butter. Then I do it, do something wrong. <laughs> I just, well, it's a syrup food. What? French toast no, gets just, syrup like pancakes. I just put it in butter and eat it like toast. Okay. Let's not go there because well, we you're not Sorry. making anyone happy with your French toast Let's get back to the steroid part. That was, I'm proud of that part. Yesterday, we were talking
0: about uh, Absidy, the five-year-old girl, Absidy. Oh, yeah, Absidy. A, B, C, D, E. is how uh, her mother spells her name. Uh-huh. Uh, this listener wrote in, and I won't say her name, because she works for a government agency, and it would be sensitive uh, information that she would be sharing, so uh-huh. I don't want to get her in trouble. But that, she no. said, I work for the state government, <laughs> and so many names come across my desk The best one I've come across in over 40 years is for a man who passed away. His name, I'm going to spell it for you, and then we're going to pronounce it, okay? This is actually his name. E-Y-T-O-N. Eaton. P-U-S-E-Y. Pussy. Eaton Pussy. I shit you not, she says. That was the man's honest-to-God actual name. If you mention this on the show, please don't use my name. Thanks. Eaton Pussy. Was his name now? In his defense, maybe he was born in the 30s or something where that wasn't a common phrase. But still, <laughs> can you imagine going through life? That's uh, that makes absidy look po- positively oh, that's attractive.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Uh, Gigi writes in, "Hi, Rao, Since you guys have been discussing Christmas songs and stripper songs as of late." I thought you might like this. I work at a school, and we are getting ready to do the Christmas show. One of the classes has a song that totally sounds like a stripper song. It's called Blitzin's Boogie. Here's a copy of it. I know you're super busy, but I thought you'd like to check it out, Gigi. Um, the, you know, I pride myself on a fairly extensive knowledge of Christmas music. I have never heard this song, but she is absolutely right. There's no way kids should be performing this song because it does sound <laughs> like something... Someone would be stripping at on the North Pole. A girl would be on the North Pole. The actual North Pole. Stripping to this song. It's called Blitzin's Boogie. Here's a taste.
1: A bunch yeah. of girls if with, like, <laughs> antlers on. If and that's not full on strip. Fur that, that, bikinis. That at least shades into burlesque. Blitz and titsen. <laughs> I they should be calling that song. Uh, this is a
0: great gift idea. Jerry McMillan sent in this email. I want to thank him. For all you hockey fans out there, uh, he sent it in for me because this particular item comes in several different varieties of Philadelphia Flyers players, but yeah. it is... Uh, socks with legendary NHL players on them. If you're a hockey fan like myself, you might be interested in the Socky Hall of Fame, as it's known. (laughs) You go to MyFanchise. MyFanchise MyFanchise.com is the website, and there you will find over 30 inductees into the Hockey Hall of Fame now put on socks in sock form. They've got Bobby Clark there for me and Bernie Perrant. And if you are a fan of, well, uh, oh, geez, they got most of the teams. They've got the Leafs and the Rangers and the Bruins and the Kings and the Flames. The caps. Um, it does not say here whether it has the caps or not. Oh. I, I assume that they do. They have they, to. They got most of the big players here. Um, some of the alumni already available on socks, as I mentioned uh, Bobby Clark, Ron Hextall, Jeremy Roenick. Oh, uh, who else do we got? Uh, Mike Modano, Temu Solani, Terry O'Reilly, Ray Bork, Doug Gilmore. I don't see any uh, caps There's no caps here. on there? So That's far, crazy. they said not everyone has signed off yet onto uh, this product, but maybe it will shortly. Anyway, the money uh, proceeds go to the NHL Alumni Association. That's the reason I bring it up, is because they say our vision and our goal is to take care of alumni, players that need the help. There are some players who don't have a place to live, uh, don't have heat in the winter. You're looking at players who are 65 and older, whose pensions absolutely suck. For a guy who played in the NHL in the 60s, his pension is now about $6,000 a year. Wow. Who's going to live on that? So they're taking the uh, proceeds, a portion of the proceeds, of the Saki Hall of Fame, and they're sending it to the Alumni Association to help these older players. who are because that
1: sport does not go easy on the body.
0: No, it does not, or the brain, for that matter. Uh, These guys are a lot of them in a bad, bad way. So, again, if you're a uh, a hockey fan and you're interested, you can go to my franchise. Saki Hall of Fame is the name of the sock line, and if you're a fan of the NHL, you can uh, find it there. And while we're talking about people helping people out, I wanted to mention uh, George McGaffin, member of the Garmy. I talked about it on Twitter yesterday, and on Facebook yesterday. Uh, Gemma Williams, thank you, Gemma, for sending me this uh, story and for uh, hooking me up with George. George is a member of the Garmy who is going through a rough patch. And just last week I was talking about what it was like when I lost my job and I had a, a family to feed and I didn't know what was going on. Uh, George is also going through that through no fault of his own. He was uh, injured and he's been having a hard time holding down a job and he's got Christmas on the horizon and he's got two little kids at home and he's going to have to choose between paying his rent and paying his bills or providing Christmas for them. Mm. I wanted to read you a quick, um, this is in George's words, this is connected up with his fundraiser. It's called A Christmas Miracle. He said, I didn't really want to do this at all. It's embarrassing, and I already feel like enough of a failure as it is, but here goes my last-ditch effort. Two and a half years. Let that sink in for a second. My son is now three and a half years old. For two-thirds of his life, I have been laid up and out of work. I got hurt on the job August 15th of 2016, and my life as I knew it changed. Two surgeries later, my ankle is still just as bad as it was on day one. I scream in pain every single day, and it took a toll on my mental and physical health drastically. I'm a broken shell of a person, and that's just the truth. For those that don't know, to make matters worse, I was hospitalized a few weeks ago after collapsing at home. I'm in tears as I say this, but I'm terrified every day that I'm just going to drop one day and not wake up. I have not felt the same since I collapsed, and I'm still waiting for follow-up doctor's appointments because they don't even know why it happened. They have theories, but nothing for sure. Financially, they literally cut our food stamps in half, denied my raise until I can return to work. Our bills are piling up, and I don't know how much more disappointment I can take. Mm. Christmas is coming. I just tried signing up for Toys for Tots, and they've already cut it off. We've got a few things for the kids, but not enough, and Ruby's birthday's on the 10th, and that kid deserves a great birthday. The only way to make Christmas happen at this point is not to pay our bills for December and just pay rent. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm sorry for rambling. I don't know what else to do. This is all too much to handle for too long. Thank you all, George McGaffin Jr. So, uh, as I mentioned, George is a member of the Garmy, and I—he uh, was asking for just a thousand dollars for his kids for thanks for uh, for Christmas. And so I put the word out to the Garmy, and like the champions that you are, people rose to the occasion, and he was about halfway there yesterday when I posted this. I went on Twitter, I went on Facebook, and I let people know Georgia's situation, and by the end of yesterday, by last night, he had uh, passed a $1,000 goal. It's, uh,
1: I checked it right before I came over, it's like $1,400 now. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, he is more
0: than happy with that. And he said that he doesn't want to bother anyone else with that. He wrote, reached out to me and said that, you know, and thanking me. And I don't think there's any reason why we have to stop. If you can afford a couple bucks and, uh, you know, and if you can do what I did, which was, wow, how lucky am I that I have a couple extra bucks and he's got so little and he's got two little kids who need a Christmas. No kid should wake up without something under the tree from Santa for Christmas. So you folks have been stepping up in a big way, but I've convinced George to leave that fundraiser going. So let's see what we can do. If We can give this family a Merry Christmas and uh, maybe let them breathe a little easier, at least till the new year, yeah. so they don't have to worry about their bills and their rent and taking care of their kids. And make Christmas it so they time. can
1: actually enjoy watching them open those presents.
0: Yeah, you know? so anyway, I will uh, once again send out all that information, this time via Patreon, in connection with uh, this, uh, this podcast, and we'll see what we can do for George and his family, because he's a good man going through a bad time, and we've all been there. We've all been through uh, through lean times and difficult times and times that really challenge us, and sometimes the kindness of strangers
1: can make all the difference. Yes, we've got to hold each other up sometimes.
0: Yep, and that's why the is so great because you guys do that uh, whenever the need arises. You are very uh, kind and your hearts are huge and no one knows that better than I. So it's great that we can do it for each other. Okay, one last email. This comes from Alina Collard. She wants to know uh, the history of a phrase. You know, we do a segment here on the show where we take a look at phrases, idioms that we use all the time. We know what they mean, but we don't know where they came from. That's why we have a segment called where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'm from no. Elena writes in, hey, Ralph. This morning I was making fried eggs for my kids, and one of the yolks broke. And my 10-year-old daughter said, oh, it was nearly perfect. And I replied, yes, close, but no cigar. And she looked at me, confused. <laughs> I've always said that, but I've never known the origin. Can you help LMB Alina? Yeah, it's something that people still use all the time. Close but no cigar, right? Yeah. And a lot of people say it knowing exactly what it means, which is, oh, you almost got it. You, it, it was almost perfect. But why a cigar? Where does that come yeah. from? No one understands the history behind close but no cigar. Well, that's what I'm here for to tell you. <laughs> Where it came
1: from. Do you have any guesses, Eddie? I'm guessing it's some sort of contest where the prize was a cigar. Very good. That's exactly what it was, Eddie.
0: Uh, Back in the old carnival days, back in the days of circuses and fairgrounds and uh, games of chance that would travel around the country with the carnies, when you would enter a game of skill, a game of strength or perhaps uh, accuracy, a shooting game, a dart game, something like that, if you had to get it within a, a, a target, if you did so, you would win a cigar. That was the prize they would give away in many of these games was a cigar. Yeah. And so what you would often hear around the fairgrounds for someone who who almost won a prize was close, mm. but no cigar for you, sir. I'm sorry. And the first time they can uh, find it written anywhere was in 1935. It was in the script for a film version of Annie Oakley. Well, there you go. She was shooting targets, and uh, she said, uh, close, Colonel. But no cigar in that film. So that's where it comes from. They used to give away tobacco as gifts and
1: prizes <laughs> back children. in the day. Oh,
0: imagine being a freckled faced young kid there on the Midway and you're playing a game and you get a little BB gun and you shoot a target and you get it dead center and you get all oh, this fresh,
1: nice hat- fat stick. Hand rolled cigar. <laughs> mm, smells like Havana.
0: Anyway, that's where it comes from. Close but no cigar. <laughs> Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Now It is the first Monday of December, December 3rd, and as we look at the big calendar here on the wall in the Batcave, we take a look at all the holidays associated with this date December 3rd in a segment we call Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate. Ralph Garman. By now you know there are many holidays associated with each and every day on the calendar. Some of them are completely legitimate and some of them are bullshit. <laughs> so we'll let you know which ones we will allow and which ones we won't. <laughs> National Roof Over Your Head Day today's national roof over your head day it's a day to be thankful Eddie that you have a roof over your head
1: I'm thankful every single day I,
0: have I am thankful him. as well but it seems to me that shouldn't it be called national Day Help somebody who doesn't have yeah, a roof over think, their head. I think day? these
1: days should be more of like, let's help other people. A little more action oriented, yeah. a little less navel gazing. Not daily. sitting back and soaking mm, in everything. Look at me! <laughs> look at me in my roof. I'm feeling pretty good about myself right <laughs> Screw now. Screw everybody. Sure,
0: it's nice to appreciate what you have, but maybe let that motivate you into action by doing yeah. something for someone who doesn't have a roof over their head. I would head. agree on that. Give out a blanket or a sandwich or something yeah. like that. So uh, we'll let it. We'll let it pass. <laughs> but I don't love it. No,
1: I don't love it. Yeah. I don't. I don't love it. Today's also International Disability Day.
0: Can you even say that anymore? Are you disability? allowed to no. say someone is disabled?
1: I don't know. I don't. I, I still said Indian style, so I have. That's no idea. true. Yes, you don't want to ask You don't want to ask me.
0: But but United Nations started this day in 1992, and I guess back then you could say disabled. But the aim of Disability Day is to encourage better understanding of people afflicted with a disability, together with helping to make people more aware of the rights, dignity, and
1: welfare. Of disabled persons.
0: So, I mean, if the United Nations is saying it, I guess, I guess you can, can say, uh,
1: well, you can't say hand, you don't say handicapped anymore. You say dis- no. disabled, right?
0: It, I thought, I don't know if disabled allowed I, I don't Jesus, know. Jesus, it's I like the fucking know. Rudolph <laughs> the Red Nosed Reindeer the, all over again. That's
1: the Rudolph people.
0: He had a, he was he was nose challenged. He wasn't <laughs> disabled. He didn't have a red nose, he had a color disability. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I think challenge. I think challenged may be the way to go. I think yeah. now that people challenged? are just challenged, they're physically challenged, physically mentally challenged.
1: I guess. I guess. I don't. Know. I have no idea. Anyway,
0: this is to do something for somebody who's fucked up. Help that's someone what, less fortunate than you. Is. Yes, I guess that's not even
1: less fortunate. You can't even say that, right? Right, because they're still they're still they're, uh,
0: they're handy capable. Oh
1: my god, I don't know what to say. Just. Anymore. Do, just give money. to Just avert your eyes and walk away. <laughs> apparently, hand them a blank
0: check and say, "Please don't hurt me." <laughs> you can't even try to help anymore without uh, being without slapped. getting called out for it. Yeah, I know. Mm. All right. Uh, today is also Walt Disney Day, the first Monday of December. Of December is always Walt Disney Day because his birthday is December
1: fifth. Oh, okay.
0: And so they always pick the holiday closest to his birthday to celebrate Walt Disney They don't don't give you a discount for getting into Disneyland, do No. No. I don't think they give you a discount on anything anything, at Disney. That's mm. why they're a global (laughs) empire. But uh, this celebrates the fact that Walt, of course, started from very little and built everything that we know today based on a very simple premise. That he just wanted to make people happy and he wanted to entertain. And he saw the. by the way, people forget on a day like today, and we'll talk about it. Later on in the show, as we look at the box office this weekend, where Wreck-It Ralph 2... Ralph Breaks the Internet. Ralph Breaks the Internet was once again number one at the box office by a large margin. If
1: you look at Disney's movie slate for 2019, it's insane.
0: Well, well, we forget that there was a time where animation was not a viable art form for telling a story. No. You would get little short vignettes that were shown in front of other movies as sort of a warm-up, sort of an appetizer for the main event. But no one in their right mind would ever consider making a feature-length animated film. It was unheard of
1: until Walt Disney came along. Snow White was Snow White was
0: was his uh, his creation of doing a feature-length animated film, treating animation as as a serious art, as filmmaking,
1: as something adults can go and enjoy. It's not just for kids or a quick joke before a movie. Here's
0: his quote: He said, "Animation can explain whatever the mind of man can conceive. This facility makes it the most versatile." an explicit means of communication yet devised for quick mass appreciation, is what Walt said. And truer words were never spoken, and he built an empire based on that concept. So we celebrate him on the first Monday in December as Walt Disney Day. I think that's legitimate, right? you got to give the man his due. And lastly, it is Make a Gift Day. Make a Gift Day. And uh, the folks behind Make a Gift Day... Try to promote it with this little poem by a, a poet named Amanda Evanson. A gift that's handmade is a gift not replaced, trapping sweet memories that can't be erased. <laughs> Fuck that. Make a gift day. Let me tell you something. Once you're older than 12, let that shit go. Buy a gift. When's the last time an adult ever made a gift for you that was anything that you ever wanted? Unless they're like. I a- made this candle myself. It's from other candles that are half, half used. And I just melt them down. Do you see how it's all swirly, this pattern? That's my creation. Fuck. <laughs> Buy me. Give me a gift card. Don't make <laughs> me a goddamn potholder. What's wrong with people <sighs> make a gift day? Uh, Buy a goddamn gift for a person. Well,
1: the whole industry kind of crumbled once the ashtrays were taken out of
0: style, you know? That's <laughs> true.
1: Like the whole but if you're,
0: no if your kid makes you something, those are adorable. Those are the best gifts when a kid makes something. Those
1: are, yes, Beyond because they have no other means special. they have no job they have no money they can't literally buy their anything. effort
0: and they're putting their work in and the, that is so charming that all that is wrapped up in that gift but if you're a grown ass person and you're bringing someone a gift that you made in your <laughs> workshop or something go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go go on Etsy and make it for some sucker and then take the money you make on Etsy and buy me something. I don't want a goddamn handmade yeah, use gift. use your handmade up.
1: gifts to generate income That's to buy right. real gifts.
0: Start a business. Jesus Christ. Make a gift day. <laughs> uh, Nothing says I love you like a handmade gift. You know what a lot of things do? <laughs> Cash.
1: Nothing says I cannot be bothered more. <laughs>
0: I I mean, can you ever remember anyone making you anything that you said, I will treasure this forever? No, I really can't. No, because it doesn't happen. No. This is a fake holiday. Other other
1: than my son, there's nothing. Right,
0: exactly. And once, even when your son's past 12, it's not going to be cute. And once he's a teenager,
1: stop making me shit, because I got to throw this stuff away. (laughs) That's right. Right. Once
0: you start shaving, (laughs) you don't want him to make you anything anymore. Anyway, that's it for today's holiday or
1: holiday. Oh
0: holiday, nay. and now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with the Showbiz Beat. As I mentioned, Ralph breaks the internet. Ralph breaks the box office, right? Who's yeah. with me? Huh? Right. Huh? How about that, okay. ladies? Right? Who's with me, ladies? ladies. The pickup line? <laughs> no, that's what the comedians say when they have a joke and they're trying to get all the women in the audience to I'm agree really with them. Really horrible, right, ladies? Right, it. who's with me? Am huh? I, oh. When your husband does that, right, ladies? uh Number <laughs> one at the box office yet again this weekend with twenty-five point seven million Damn, dollars. twenty-five. Yeah, it was it was massive. It's got some staying power. Massive weekend for Ralph breaks the internet. Dr. Seuss. Had the Grinch in second place this weekend, $17.7 million at the box office. Creed Two came in at number three with uh, $16.8 million. I saw that finally this weekend. How was it? Oh, so good. Good. I really enjoyed it. It was much more heartfelt than I thought it was going to be Hmm. because Stallone wrote this one. He didn't write the first one. He wrote this one. And I was afraid it was going to be a little shticky. <laughs> like, a little you know, Rocky Forish. Yeah, you know, as he got further along in the franchise, yeah. they started to be a little more cartoony, a little less real. Yeah. This has got this a lot like Rocky. of heart to it. Yeah. Rocky one. And I felt bad for the stars, actually, of this film, because Rocky and Ivan Drago are still the most compelling characters in this story. Hmm.
1: Well, those were they were such big characters in, the, in Rocky yeah, Four. Yeah, you have a lot
0: of emotional investment with these characters. It's hard
1: to throw them on screen and people not want to know what's going on with them.
0: And I got to tell you something, Dolph Lundgren kind of steals this movie. Oh, good. The the role the role of Ivan Drago, how they took him from almost a um, an emotionless, wordless monster in that film in Rocky Four, right? The Four was right. the Russian yep. one. Uh, how they turned him around as a character and made him a person of enormous depth in this movie is really pretty interesting. interesting. I yeah. mean,
1: he showed a, a few glimpses of it in the final fight of Rocky IV, when he turned yeah, it was like... Yeah, but still, but still. It, was,
0: it was him sort of... Be, you know, he was a machine. That was right. sort of the whole premise of the movie. Like, he was this unstoppable fighting machine. It was like the shark, you know, right. who just kept, kept coming at you. It was unbeatable. And then once Rocky shook his confidence a little bit, that's where he sort of, you know, faltered in the film. But at this, I guess I'm not, this isn't a spoiler because they tell you right up front in the film. But with that loss, his life kind of collapsed in Russia. Well, you
1: kind of knew that was coming. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I mean, you don't think about, I mean, think of that times 30 years. Think yeah. of that, that failure and that defining your life and him living with the repercussions of that loss for 30 years and what that does to a guy and he's got a son now who's also a boxer and it's that age old story of the boxer or the the parent trying to live their dream through their kid kind of thing you know right. fascinating stuff That was really strong and there's also stuff between rocky and his son there's a lot of father son dynamics going on in this film it's about creed and his father who's passed away of, of course and anyway that's a lot going on a lot going wow. on in this film i really enjoyed it so if you get a chance i recommend uh, creed too Number four was Fantastic Beast, The Crime of Crimes of Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Uh, Eddie saw that last week and liked it. That's good. Bohemian Rhapsody was fifth, then Instant Family, The Possession of Hannah Grace. Robin Hood, Widows, and Green Book were your top ten movies at the box office. Ah, sad news over the weekend. Ken Berry passed away. For those who don't know who Ken Berry was, you must not have watched a lot of reruns because he's been in a ton of television shows. He was in a show called Mayberry RFD which was a spin-off of the old Andy Griffith show. He was in Mama's Family, played her uh, son on that show. it was on in syndication and on network television for many years in the 80s. That's where I got introduced to him, yeah. And uh, in the 60s, he was in one of my favorite sitcoms I used to watch the reruns for, a show called F Troop, which was the story of an outpost, a military outpost in the middle of Indian country, where the uh, it was like right after the Civil War, and it was this little military fort where they had to deal with the, the Indians in the area, and it was a, it was a comedy. It didn't make it. It was like the '60s were so strange. How they took very serious, like <laughs> racial situations,
1: and made sitcoms I mean, out of genocide them. on in two different continents. Me, you got Hogan's Heroes doing saying. a
0: Nazi war camp, <laughs> oh and then you got uh, you got the cowboys and Indians of F Troop. But it was a very funny show. They Larry Storch starred uh, For- uh, Forrest Tucker, and uh, Ken Berry as the captain of. F Troop and had one of the great uh, sitcom themes of all time.
1: The end of the Civil
0: War was near when quite accidentally a hero who sneezed abruptly seized retreat and reversed it to victory.
1: His medal of honor pleased and thrilled his proud little family group.
0: It was was the good old days when a theme song would tell you the whole backstory of the story before you watched an episode. You could always jump in that way. You knew exactly what was going on. Uh, Ken Berry started out as a singer and dancer in the U.S. Army Special Services, and he worked under a sergeant who was able to introduce him around Hollywood once he moved to California after he served in the Army. That sergeant's name, by the way, was Leonard Nimoy. Really? Yeah, he was serving under Sergeant Leonard Nimoy in the Army, and that's how he got his break. And Leonard Nimoy broke him into the biz. Yeah, how cool is that? That's cool. Anyway, he passed away at the age of 85 this weekend. little Star Wars news. Eddie must be very excited. The Mandalorian has Mm. added another cast member. Nick Nolte has joined the cast. I
1: can't wait. <laughs> Come on, you have to be excited by that, right? I don't know Nick Nolte anymore. Have
0: you guys seen any I mean... of those Jedis around? Because they're always here doing stuff. <laughs>
1: he's got to be a smuggler or some scoundrel lowlife guy hanging out in a cantina, right? Uh, he's what else the can the he cast?
0: be? I, they won't say. No, they, This is all being kept under wraps, and they have not announced what his character is or what role he's going to play. But uh, it, it does look like he has joined the cast. So look, Nick knows he's a good actor in the right, in the right when he's cast. Right? I'm looking forward to it. So, congratulations to Ariana Grande. Her music video "Thank You" next has broken YouTube. Basically, hmm. You got the uh, YouTube record for most views in 24 hours. In just under 22 hours, it broke the record at 40. 6 million views wow. in less than a day. Really? As of noon Saturday, it had 50.3 million views. And then uh, last night, the last time I looked, had over 80 million views of the brand new music video. So, I'm, not, I'm not one of those 80 I'm not either. Although after I saw the story, I went, I went to watch it. And it's, it's just, it's fine. It's yeah, like a parody of all the female starring sort of movies of the uh, early... Of the 90s and 2000s, like uh, Legally Blonde and okay. Clueless and all those kind of films. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't get it. I but don't get it. That's good the, for her. Congratulations. That's a lot of views. I know that much. Yeah, it dropped on Friday at noon, and it set the record, as I said, in just under uh, 22 hours. Do you have any idea what the previous record holder was?
1: For, for 24 hours? 24 hours, most
0: views by a video. No, I have no idea. The K-pop supergroup BTS...
1: BTS? Yes. No no idea.
0: They had uh, 45.9 million views for their music video in the first 24 hours back in August. (laughs) That that
1: beat Colton and I's YouTube video on on Friday. (laughs) What did you guys get? The guy, uh, Jason Serino from uh, Dads in the Park. Yes. We both worked on that. He uh, he took that Colton getting hit in the chest by a baseball clip that went viral. And he extrapolated and made it into a little mockumentary oh. called Kill Your Content about a fa- uh, overbearing father trying to get his kid to go viral. Gotcha. And a uh, nice star in it. Oh, that that awesome. dropped Friday on YouTube. It did, did you not. get 45 million We got uh, 6,000 views. 6,000 views? So You're well on your way. Soon you'll
0: be challenging Ariana Grande so, for the championship. So check that out. All right. Uh, meanwhile, not everybody was happy this weekend. Kid Rock was very disappointed. He was supposed to be the Grand Marshal of the Nashville Christmas Parade. And he was fired at the last minute for a statement he made about Joy Behar on The View <laughs> during an interview on Fox & Friends. Apparently he had been drinking during the interview. <laughs> and he said, uh, God forbid you say something a little wrong. You're racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, and this and that and the other. People need to calm down and get a little less politically correct. And as I would say, you know, love everyone. Except I say, screw that Joy Behar bitch, he said. <laughs> And uh, Fox apologized for the use of such language. Ooh.
1: Well, no one's going to think you're racist if you don't say something racist. <laughs> that's, that's another good you point. Know, don't say anything racist and no one will think or that. Or homophobic.
0: So anyway, they uh, fired him from being the Grand Marshal. And he said, I'm coming anyway. I'm going to be the Grand Marshal anyway. Even if you don't want me there, I'm going to show up. That's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. And he did not, in fact, show oh, up. Good. Uh, and they, had, they picked, and this guy should have been picked before, this guy... A guy named James Shaw Jr., he was the guy who stopped that shooter in the uh, Waffle House in Nashville. Remember that story? Why wouldn't he
1: be the Grand Marshal to begin with? That's, that's what a what Grand Marshal should
0: be. He should have been honored, but he was the second choice. They went to him after it they got rid He should be a hero. Well, that's what a Grand Marshal should be. So maybe that's why uh, Kid Rock didn't show up to make a stink, because that guy is an actual hero. <laughs> he
1: and brings something of
0: value to the world. And Kid Rock is a dick. Yeah. And by the way, if you want to know why Kid Rock is so upset with Joy Behar... He said that the day when Kid Rock, Sarah Palin, and Ted Nugent visited the White House last year, she said it was the saddest day in the history of the White House since the British burned it to the ground in 1814. (laughs) 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 I can see why he maybe holds a grudge. Uh, We were talking last week about that auction of Hugh Hefner's personal belongings. Uh When We were talking about his uh, treasure trove of porn. The
1: tomb of blackmail.
0: Yes. uh, Anyway, that happened over the weekend. And the big moneymaker, and I thought this was pretty cool, the top-selling item was Hefner's Vintage Underwood Standard Portable Typewriter. It was the typewriter on which he typed the very first copy of Playboy magazine. That's cool. Kind of historic, That should be in the Smithsonian. The item sold for $162,500. It should be in the Smithsonian. It should be. It should be uh, someplace... If Fonzie's jacket is in the Smithsonian, that should be in the Smithsonian. Some place of honor is where that belongs. Uh, Some other things that sold at pretty good numbers. Uh, His personal copy of the first issue of Playboy magazine from 1953 that featured Marilyn Monroe on the cover. That sold for just a little over $31,000. My favorite item, by the way, was a uh, 14-carat yellow gold ring with a black onyx plaque in the center. Which opens up to reveal a secret compartment that contains a Viagra pill. That's an actual thing. <laughs> that sold for twenty two thousand dollars. That's a twenty two. Wow. To what
1: about his sailor cap?
0: Oh, the jeez, he had four billion what, uh, of those. They're probably giving him away at the <laughs> auction. If he showed up, he got a captain's hat. For God's sakes. All right, let's take a look at all the celebrity birthdays today. All these stars were born on this day, December 3rd. Singer Ozzy Osbourne is 70. How surprised do you think Ozzy Osbourne is that he reached 70? I'm shocked. I think think he woke up this morning and said... Sharon, uh, I never thought I would get in this old. So unbelievable, Sharon. Jean-Luc Godard, legendary film director, is 88 years old today. Actress Daryl Hannah is 58. She, of course, was Madison. The uh, mermaid yeah. in Splash is probably where we Roxanne. all first fell in love with her. Roxanne as well. Now she's uh, Mrs. That Guy Scare- who The melted scarecrow <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Burn Scarecrow.
0: We know it. Hey, hey, my, my. That guy. What's his uh, name?
1: Come on. does that? Uh, God uh, damn it. God damn it. Just a total brain fart. Neil Young. Is Neil Young. Neil Young. Neil Young. There you go. Why did I get it
0: first? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, actress Julianne Moore is 58 years old today. That's a good looking 58, by the way. Julianne Moore. I, oh, I, didn't I love her. her. Uh, Brendan Fraser is 50 years old. Holly Marie Combs of Charmed Fame is 45 years old. Singer-songwriter Andy Grammer turns 35 years old today. I like this song of his a lot. I think I
1: finally found my-
0: Tiffany Haddish is 39 years old today. I hope she gets some work, that Tiffany Haddish. I hope she makes a movie or two. She'll even struggle. Boy, (laughs) someone hire her. Please, put her in a film. Uh, Anna Chomsky from Veep. She's so good on that show. Can't wait to see the final season of that show. 38 years old today. Jenna Dewan, the actress, previously married to Channing Tatum. 38 years old today, Brian Bonsall. That name may not be familiar to you, but do you remember Family Ties, the sitcom? Yeah. Remember little Andy? Yeah. The youngest of the Keaton yeah. family? Yeah. He is now 37 years old. That's all you need <laughs> to Jesus know. Christ. Just to feel bad about yourself. Oh, <laughs> man. He is 37. Amanda Seyfried from Mamma Mia fame is 33 years old today. And singer Mickey Thomas, who shared lead singer's duties In Jefferson's Starship with Grace Slick, he is 69 years old today. That's it for all today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And as you may or may not know, by now I have done well over 200 episodes of the Family Guy animated TV series. Really? Those folks are kind enough to keep bringing me back week after week. Thank you so much. Every Monday we like to take a look at last night's brand new episode of Family Guy. Because a lot of people call in and say... I know you're in that show. You keep talking about it, but I could not place you last night. Who did you play? So we thought as a public service, we would do a little segment on Mondays called Who'd Ralph Play? Who did he play? Ralph Garmin voiced a tune today. What line did he say? It's time to play your favorite game. Because who'd Ralph Garmin play on Family Guy? Yeah. yeah last night. <laughs> now, here's the thing you need to know. I am what they call in the business a utility player. I don't have maybe a a starting position on the squad. I'm on the bench. But in special circumstances, they bring me into the game. So some episodes are very Ralph heavy. And then you have last night's episode. (laughs) Not so Ralph heavy. So if you didn't catch me in last night's episode, there's probably a reason why. Because it was a quickie. But in case you were curious, in last night's episode, Stewie and Brian... That's Stewie's the baby and Brian's the dog, for those who aren't that familiar with Family Guy. They are both trying to woo the same rich heiress. They're trying to con this woman out of her money. Okay. And so in order to uh, try to ingratiate himself with this old dowager, Brian the dog puts on a lapel pin, which is for a, a cat charity. Much against his own personal beliefs, he, uh, he's trying to let her believe that he cares about cats, and she's throwing a party, and she happens to invite some cats to the party. And I play one of the cats at the party, who's sitting there, having cocktails, enjoying the party, when a rooster walks by. And that's the setup for this segment from last night's Family Guy. Is that a cat's protective league pin on your lapel? Why, yes. Yes. <laughs> It's my favorite charity. I love cats. I've devoted my life to helping them. I like this party. Pussies. Cock. Cock. See, I'm the cat (laughs) at the party, and I say, I like it. And then the rooster walks by, and he says, pussies. And we say, cock. (laughs) Cock. Which I think that joke was solely written So that the writers of Family Guy Could say those words on Fox They just wanted to say that on network television So once again, since it was a quickie In case you were curious about who I played last night Is that a Cats Protective League pin on your lapel? Why yes It's my favorite charity I love cats I've devoted my life to helping them I like this party Pussies. Cock. See? We all have, all have a good time over there on Family Guy. And that's who I played last night. who Ralph play? who Ralph play? I don't think Eddie would have forgiven me <laughs> if we let Thank the, the episode that. go by without the OG Thank theme you. for that segment. <laughs> all right. As I was mentioning at the top of the show... I thought I was an idiot because I made two very, very glaring mistakes when it came to the history of pop culture and music that I that I like to think I have a pretty good grasp on. One was that, that song Epic by Faith No More. I thought for a long time that was a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. And there was another song by a band called Bad Finger called No Matter What that I thought was a Paul McCartney song for the longest time. Those were both boneheaded mistakes in my opinion. And I chastised myself, I think, appropriately on the show. And I said, I wonder if there's anybody out there who's ever made such a glaring error. Had I only known <laughs> what a bunch of boneheads we all are, I wouldn't have felt nearly as bad about myself.
1: Well, you have such solidarity in it. It
0: is very much so. It made me feel great that you guys <laughs> stepped up and said, me too. I am also Spartacus. Everyone stood up there on the wall. That's and said, nice. I am. Uh, I am also capable of making huge <laughs> errors. In Musical Judgment. So I thought we'd go through some of them. Again, literally, I must have had a couple hundred of people with voicemails and with emails saying this was the mistake I made. So I picked the ones that I thought, well, I just thought they were kind of charming. Let's start with this first email that came from Allie Flowers. And Allie wrote in, and by the way, she was not alone. I think of all the emails and voicemails I got, this was the most common one. A lot of people made this mistake. You said, I was listening to your podcast, and I thought for years that the song Dream On was done by Led Zeppelin. Dream On? Dream On by Aerosmith. So much that I bet money on it, she said. And I lost that bet. <laughs> Actually, it's Aerosmith. Anyway, love the show. Allie, she thought Dream On was a, really? was a Led Zeppelin song. Take a listen and see if you can see it. it I could it's see got, it. has got
1: a Led Zeppelin feel to it. You know, it's certainly the least... Aerosmithy song. Uh, uh, Steven uh, Tyler. Steven Tyler song of no, Aerosmith's
0: No, it's got the
1: opening music bit right there. I can understand it's it. It's got Ali. a Led Zeppelin feel.
0: I, I think it's okay. I think it's okay that you made that mistake. Then uh, this listener called in. I thought this was hilarious.
1: Hey, Ralph. Steve from Zendora. Uh, so you were talking about the Wednesday show. You were talking about songs that you thought were from other artists.
0: And you just mentioned Randy Newman and I Love LA. And literally until you just mentioned it, I always thought it was Huey Louie, and Lewis and the News. So I am a giant idiot. So I uh, love you guys. Mean it. back. The same day we talked about <laughs> making mistakes for, for songs, it was Randy Newman's birthday. And we mentioned I Love LA. And that guy, until we said who it was, really? thought it was Huey Lewis and the News. Never thought I mean, of it, but it is a little I, Huey
1: Lewis I guess mess. Huey Lewis right after the dentist with a little oh, Novocaine. Oh, come
0: on. Karen Kedzie wrote in with this email. She said, I made this mistake all the time, but I think this guy's trying to sound like that other guy. Her song was this one, and she thought that this guy was Bob Dylan singing this song.
1: She grew up in an Indiana town, had a good-looking mom, she never was around, but she tall and she grew up right With them Indiana boys on an Indiana night. That's
0: Last Dance with Mary Jane yeah. by Tom Petty. And I absolutely think Petty's doing Dylan in that.
1: A little bit. And the so. heart, the harmonica, too. A too, little bit? Yeah. It
0: sounds like he's doing a Bob Dylan <laughs> impression. And they're, they I were friends. I think he's baked while he's doing it. <laughs> they too. were friends. They were so. in the Traveling Wilburys together. Yeah. But it does very much sound like he's doing Dylan. listen again. She grew up in It,
1: it, in. it sounds grew up yeah. It, it does. Grew up right. it. it does. I know, but that video was all over the place. She's
0: Karen, you're right. You're forgiven on that one. Uh this. Call made me laugh.
1: Hey, Ralph. Uh, Greg here, California. Was uh, just listening to the podcast and heard you talk about uh, songs you thought were by other people. For the longest time, I always thought that crazy little thing called Love by Queen was for some reason by Elvis Presley. Always <laughs> heard it. Never looked into it. Until one day, my wife was listening to uh, Queen Mixed, and I was like, what? This is by Elvis Presley. She's like, no, she's not. So, i share that with you.
0: Love you. Mean it. Bye crazy little thing called love he thought it was elvis look <laughs> it's kind of a 50s style tune but that's where that yeah. ends yeah. in my opinion it's not
1: I don't. I mean, see it doesn't sound one. like it's not a queen type song. It doesn't ring. No, it's very it's, retro, yeah, but it doesn't, style. Like, it doesn't sound like Elvis. It doesn't strike me as Elvis at all.
0: Uh, Ralph Appel wrote in and said for the longest time, I thought Spandau Ballet's True was Tears for Fears. all fairness, I think there was a bunch of those sort of 80s new wave bands that yeah. if you weren't really clear on what was going on back then, they were pretty interchangeable. A yeah. lot of guys had very similar style and sounding voices, and I think that's a legitimate Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I, this blew my mind. There's so many people out there confusing David Bowie. With other artists and other artists for David Bowie, we got a ton of Bowie-related calls well, and emails. There's
1: so many David Bowie songs you hear, you're like "Oh my God, David Bowie did!" Like you don't realize David Bowie did all these songs. You know,
0: I think that's part of it, and also he sort of reinvented himself so many yeah. times that he had so many different sounds. Yeah. That I think a lot of people were confused by his own career, let alone other people's <laughs> music. But this call came in, and I thought, well, I guess, I guess I I could understand it.
1: Hi, Ralph. Hi, Eddie. Carly here from Fullerton. Love the show. Um, yeah, so I, when I was a teenager, well, let me just preface it with this. I'm a huge rock and roll fan, huge classic rock fan, and when I was a teenager, I was in like a little diner in my town that has a jukebox, and I was rocking out with my friends, and I'm like, yeah, I love this song. I love the Rolling Stones. Well, it turns out it wasn't the Rolling Stones. My friend looked at me. He's like, you mean David Bowie? Uh, Yeah. So the song was Rebel Rebel by David Bowie. I swore it was Rolling Stones. (laughs) Now that I listen to it now, um, Bowie does not sound like Jagger in it. But at the time, I just swore it just had the same vibe as the Stones. Anyways, so you're not alone. (laughs) LMB. Bye.
0: Oh, see Jagger strutting yeah. around to that song. Again, that kind of makes sense. Uh, this one doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. This is a, a one-hit wonder by, uh, well, I don't know if he has other hits or not. I only know this one song by this guy. His name is Edwin Collins, and he had a song called A Girl Like You from 1995. Chris in Charlotte, North Carolina, wrote in and said for, he thought for years that this was Bowie. Suck in a soldier Hear Bowie there at all?
1: Uh, I guess it's a style. I can, of song I can see that a little Bowie, Bowie in that, just the way I don't know, the way the voice goes down. Like it's a little Bowie esque. More Bowie confusion. Ralph,
0: don't want to leave a name because I'm still embarrassed that in high school when I got into David Bowie, I bought dozens of albums trying to find which one had that song "You Sexy Thing" on it, and it took me a decade to realize. It was hot chocolate. <laughs> I believe in miracles.
1: Way from you sex of things. Sex of thing, you. Yeah. I
0: believe in miracles. Since you came along, you sex a thing.
1: Maybe that one part where he goes, sexy thing, you. That sounds, no, that sounds nothing like. the
0: guy sounds really black.
1: The other guy sounded more like Bowie than this guy, the last song.
0: Anyway, a lot of Bowie confusion. But my favorite call by far was this gentleman for a myriad of reasons, I think which will become evident to you right away.
1: Hey, Rob. I was listening to the show today, and uh, you guys were talking about getting musicians wrong for songs. Well, I was dating this girl, and the song Creep came on by Stone Temple Pilots. Well, she was a huge fan of Nirvana, and she thought they sang the song. She swore up and down that they sang the song. I'd actually get the CD and play it for her. and When I finally did, it, like, rocked her. She couldn't believe it. Oh, that woman. I almost threw out of the car that day. And then 10 years later, we're still together, and I love her more every day. <laughs> Anyways, I love the show. It's awesome. And uh, Pence is great, too. He's the best. Anyways... Lick my balls! All right, sir. He,
0: his wife, his now-wife, was confused because she didn't know that Creep was by Stone Temple Pilots. Creep's not... You're absolutely right. Stone Temple Pilots. Creep has nothing to do with Stone Temple Pilots. Creep is done by radio. Even hands. I know that. This guy's... It was a triple. <laughs> it was a triple phone call. His wife So what was CD wrong. did he play for? I have no idea, <laughs> but this was the song. But I'm a Not Stone Temple Pilots at all. No! That whole family is confused when it comes to this song.
1: It's no coincidence he said I'm the best. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: right. He's your people right there. (laughs) Anyway, thanks to everyone who wrote in and left your voicemail messages to make me feel a little better about (laughs) myself. It turns out we're all a little confused when it comes to music. Come on back to tomorrow's show. We're going to have a good time. Of course, besides all the entertainment news, Steve Ashton will be stopping by with a UK update. Steve, by the way, is very excited. He will be here in the States about midweek, and then of course on Friday night we are doing our live Ralph Report in Irvine, California at the Irvine Improv. All four of us are going to be live on stage. Me, Eddie, my wife Carrie, and Steve Ashton from the UK all hitting the stage at the Improv Friday night, December 7th. If you're available, come on out and see us. It's going to be a good time. Go to improv.com, click on locations, click on Irvine, and the rest is simple. But he's
1: very excited. Oh, I'm excited. I'm we're, excited to see Steve.
0: We're going to do, I think, uh, you know, on Friday, we'll be doing another UK update. I think he'll do it live. I think he'll do it here in the back. Oh, that be cave, fun. it will be very exciting. Yeah, so anyway, Steve will be with us tomorrow, and we got a whole bunch of more fun stuff planned, but it's not fun unless you're there. That's how I feel about it. So come on back tomorrow, because I love you, and I mean it. Bye. <music>